S curve. The first S curve in Mind Tree was for me to stabilize the company. I joined at a time when clients were threatening to walk away from Mind Tree because of the the so-called uh, you know hostile transition. And just when I thought that first S curve is over, I've done the stabilization. The next S curve started, which was the pandemic. So I had another round of stabilization to be done through the pandemic. And then, of course, the third S curve was the best S curve where we continued to grow well with a profitable growth and industry leading as well. So I think this was a fantastic opportunity where uh, I had to do significant changes, drive the change, and get this company to uh, to grow profitably. And I think the team, team uh, you know, the team that I have built, the leadership team. They did a phenomenal job in terms of uh, 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 almost uh, eight quarters of profitable growth journey is something which was uh, quite commendable. Hi, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs, and investors. I'm Hari Arakli, and today I bring you another episode of the Big Picture: Conversations with CEOs and leaders of global tech companies. on how their organizations and industries are changing in this episode debashish chatterjee ceo and managing director at lti mindtree talks about the successful integration of lti and mindtree that resulted in a 3.5 billion dollar it services enterprise ready to take on larger rivals much more than the individual companies did in the past the 35 year it industry veteran widely credited with successfully integrating the two diverse companies with no fuss or fanfare explains why he thinks LTI Mindtree has what it takes to become a significantly larger IT provider over the next few years he also talks about why he is optimistic about the prospects of the indian it services sector and why it will continue to offer fulfilling careers to curious minds in the internet age with so many different opportunities Devashish, welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for making time for this, sir. Of course, for people who track the IT services industry, you're well known. LTI and Mindtree are well known, and now LTI Mindtree as well. Maybe you could start by giving us a sort of quick overview of the kind of company that you think LTI Mindtree is evolving into. Good morning, Hari, and thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. Uh, so, LTI and Mindtree, both these companies were uh, part of the LNT group. and uh, with a vision that uh, the group wanted to focus more on uh, services and uh, when the acquisition of uh, mindtree happened i think it was very clearly known that uh, lti and mindtree were fairly complementary in terms of the capabilities in which uh, uh, they excelled uh, like some of the verticals in which mindtree was strong lti was not there and vice versa mm-hmm. uh, and even from a capability standpoint mindtree had more of an experienced dna uh lti had more of an engineering dna more on the supply chain transformation so given all these aspects i think the way uh once these companies have come together it gives us a great opportunity to serve our clients end to end all the way from core to edge to experience and uh, that's where i think we can excel and uh, Uh, also we are in a situation where the size of the combined entity is a uh, is a very nice size where we can we we are no longer a mid tier company we are uh, also not a so called tier 1 company in, in terms of size but we are 
at a position where we have the capabilities what a tier 1 can provide but we can also have the agility of uh, typically a smaller company so we want to really capitalize on that utilize our uh, capabilities and grow f- further and one thing i can say is uh, all along our vision is uh, we want our clients businesses to be taken to the future and faster and together with all the partner ecosystem that's what we are looking at in terms of a vision of LTI Mindtree where we should continue the growth trajectory that we have continued individually as well this change at your company is also happening at a time when i mean of course you're so much more intimately aware of this uh, in the world of your largest customers there's so much change that is happening so maybe you can uh, just think a lot about you know from your vantage point give us a sense of what businesses are going through especially in the us in general and also including some of your largest customers well i think uh, you know at a at a broad level there are uh, macroeconomic plays as well as uh, geopolitical plays but uh, you know what we have seen is uh, uh, let, let me just take a step back and talk about what has happened in the last 2 to 1 and a half years through the pandemic i think the pandemic has uh, you know it, it's kind of a wake up call for almost all clients businesses and what i mean by that is uh, uh, digital was a way digital cloud data as we talk about all these aspect they were all ways of uh, uh, you know how you reimagine your business models how but uh, i don't think clients were seriously looking at reimagining their business models but they were compelled to look at you know reinventing themselves through the pandemic and uh, take the example of uh, contactless direct to consumer omni channel uh, security cyber i mean all these things happened because the pandemic forced our clients to think differently so there is a lot of acceleration in terms of transformation that happened through the pandemic and of course the latest geopolitical uh, macroeconomic conditions definitely uh, has uh, you know the rising interest rates they have kind of uh, you know forced clients to think differently in terms of can they uh, should they slow down in certain areas but uh, my strong belief is that the amount of transformation that has started you can't really you know you can't really kill them you can't really slow down i mean you, you can't really stop them you can slow down a little bit you can put a pause but uh, that transformation has to continue so what i see and what i'm very uh, you know strongly uh, i strongly believe in is uh, there are a lot of conversations that have started now which are more of uh, efficiency play and cost takeout as we call it but uh, with a slight caveat that you can, if you can take the cost out of the system you can reinvest those dollars back into the in flight transformation that you have already started so long story short we are uh, looking at uh, a scenario where a lot of conversations are led by you know at this point of time a lot of deals are led through uh, you know cost cutting and uh, efficiency play but with a very clear view that the in flight transformation cannot be stopped because a lot of investments have gone in over the last 2 years in terms of reinventing the business models of individual clients uh, and that investment cannot be lost can you delve into this a little bit more uh, also in the sense that you just earlier on mentioned that you now kind of have the way with all of a larger company but also still retain the dna of a a more nimble smaller organization if you if you take that alongside this opportunity that you just mentioned can you expand on that what from a lti mindtree perspective 
uh, all this change and what kind of opportunities are out there yeah i mean if you look at the the heritage mine tree the heritage mine tree was more focused in terms of working on those applications with our customers uh, which was used by their end customers and uh, these applications are typically uh, you know uh, you know these are we call it xp you know changing the customer's experience and uh, these applications could be maybe around uh, salesforce or could be omnichannel which is all revenue generating application which means clients want to use these applications to enhance their revenues whereas if you look at the strength of lti uh, the heritage lti we have been doing a lot of work around supply chain transformation the heritage mind tree was never strong on supply chain transformation but with the two companies coming together and by the way just to clarify even over the last 3 years on specific opportunities these two companies used to come together and work together we had a very clear playbook defined but it was very selective but in the current scenario when clients are talking about can you look at my uh, you know can you look at my core uh, which is like the the legacy and you want to modernize the core or you want to you know do a transformation in terms of supply chain and of course you know uh, we also want to continue with the change in experience that we have uh, embarked on in both these areas we can play very well and not only play very well but we have the very strong capabilities where we can compete with anybody else so that's why i said that uh, given the strengths of the capabilities that we have and uh, given the fact that now we are one single uh, entity and we have a lot more scale as well in this it is in a in a we are in a position to look at end to end transformation of a client which is which is could be either the applications that client builds to enhance the revenues or the app, or the cost takeout initiatives in both these ends we can play very well and that's exactly what we are trying trying to do right now apart from cross selling and upselling wherever it is required having had a playbook over the last 3 years getting the companies to work together to some extent did that help you when you actually had to integrate the two companies oh, absolutely and uh, goes without saying because you know i always say that this integration is uh, not exactly an integration where two companies are coming together where these two companies don't know each other this is more of an integration where uh, we want to get the best of two companies working together uh, and uh, uh, you know there has been quite a few opportunities as i said selectively when uh, the the lead was taken by one of the heritage companies but the capabilities were bundled in terms of uh, specific opportunities and we have won deals also and we have competed with other tier ones as well in the situations so from that perspective i don't think it was ever felt during the integration that the two teams at least at a leadership level they don't know each other so that was that was definitely a very comforting factor give us one or two examples of the kind of orders now that the combined lti mine tree is is winning and is capable of winning well i i don't want to get into specifics but i can only say that uh, uh, you know uh, I, i mean if you look at the overall client base that we have we have 700 plus clients as a part of the merged entity and out of the 700 clients a handful of 10 clients where 10 to 12 clients where we have significant presence from both the heritage companies which means that the overlaps across those clients are fairly minimal and uh, now the opportunities can arise in two ways one is uh, a heritage uh, mine tree client has never experienced the the heritage lti capabilities and vice versa and in those scenarios there's a lot of opportunity of 
cross-selling and upselling to that particular client. So we, you know, if I just look at the uh, numbers, I mean, there are more than 690 clients, if I just stick to those numbers, where we can cross-sell and upsell. So that's one scenario. The other scenario is when clients are talking about cost, takeout, and efficiency in a scenario where there's a bit of slowdown and they need to take the dollars out to fund their in-flight transformation, uh, we are in a very po good position to uh, help those clients in terms of finding out creative solutions by which we can do both the efficiency play as well as the experience play. I think, so for new deals also, we are in a position to do that, which is what we have done in a few situations. But, you know, even more exciting is the cross-selling and upselling opportunities that we have with the existing client set that we, ha uh, that we have inherited. Can you talk a bit more about uh, how the combined capabilities now changes the kinds of orders that you can win in terms of size of orders, the types of orders? Well, uh, you know, it is, uh, you know, let me just clarify one myth. It is LTI uh, as well as Mindtree in their, in their own rights. We were winning, you know, nice size, large deals. And uh, we were competing with uh, other tier ones as well as uh, tier twos whenever it is required. So uh, I can only say that there are few situations where clients are very particular about the size of the company they are working with. And there has been a few situations where a particular RFP was not probably given to either the Heritage LTI or the Heritage Mindry because we were considered as a, you know, a small company compared to what they expected. But I guess uh, some of these opportunities now, we should have a seat on the table and we will be invited to some of these bids as well. So from a size and scale perspective, whatever we used to do earlier was fairly, fairly okay from our perspective, but we can even, you know, easily double the size and go after larger deals wherever it is required. And again, going back to what I said earlier, it is not that we were not able to do larger deals, but they were very selective. But now, any kind of large deal, we can actually decide and bid for that. So the primary scale factor that really helps is uh, we get invited to the large bids, which probably in some situations we, went, we would not have been invited as individual heritage entities. I would imagine it's maybe early days because you've just announced one quarter's numbers as a combined entity to ask about a combined large order. But um, And I'm, I'm sure that in the coming quarters, you will tell us more about that. But uh, in any any order that you want to talk about uh, that you've already mentioned in a press release or anything, whereas a combined company, you're doing some really interesting work. No, we have, uh, you know, we have not really, uh, there's, there are a couple of orders which are uh, in the works and I'm sure you will hear about those in the coming uh, quarters, in the coming months rather. Uh, but definitely there are uh, quite a few opportunities that we are, I mean, the cross-selling and the upselling, the early stages of uh, uh, results in terms of success. I think we are already visual, you know, getting some benefits out of that. In the that that much I can share that you know there are definitely a few opportunities where the cross selling and upselling is working very well because clients are also very excited. They they have not seen the other part of the you know organization. They have not seen the capabilities that the, the combined entity can bring on the table. So from that perspective, definitely there are a lot of uh, discussions going on. Mm. And, and and you are widely credited with. Uh you know, succeeding in integrating two fairly complex, diverse organizations, no fuss, very little fanfare, did, did, and you did it through COVID. So did COVID add an additional dimension to this challenge or were there ways in, it, in which it actually helped you? Uh, well, I think uh, that's an interesting uh, question. Let me split it up in two parts. First of all, 
from an i will come to the covid part later on but from an integration standpoint may last year we announced that these two organizations lti and mindtree will come together and as you know that uh, when you try to bring two listed entities together you have to follow through all the legalities and all the legal processes pretty time consuming uh, the approvals the legal approvals that are required so we got our legal clearances on 14th of november last year so 14th of november was day 1 as far as uh, lti mindtree was concerned that's the day uh, lti mindtree came into existence uh, the heritage lti ceased to exist heritage mindtree ceased to exist and uh, the integration is still going on as we speak and our uh, guess is that uh, you know our estimate is by end of uh, march maybe sometime uh, you know a couple of weeks into april we should be done with all the systems processes uh, all integration that is required so that everybody will be in one system one standardized process harmonized process as we call it now to be fair uh, uh, you know we we had two listed entities so from may till november we did not want the teams to be distracted and uh, that's why we formed a very small lean steering committee in which i was part of it and we ensured that the steering committee starts the planning phase in terms of what needs to be done from an execution standpoint when the two organizations come together but the real execution could start only on 14th of november so from may to november i think we did a very intense planning and we kind of deliberated in terms of what it takes to integrate these two companies and what we are going through right now is the execution phase to your other point i would say that uh, the pandemic how it helped or I, i should say the pandemic how it did not help and how it helped because you know everybody knew that when uh, lnt acquired mindtree that at some point of time these two companies will come together and it's just that nobody knew about the time but it was very clear that uh, the the group and the the board of directors they never wanted two companies to come together unless unless both the companies were performing well and uh, given the fact that the pandemic did not help the heritage mindtree the pandemic with uh, the heritage mindtree had more than 17% of its revenue coming from the travel vertical which overnight uh, disappeared by 50% so the the pandemic did not help so mindtree had to recover uh, the heritage mindtree had to come back to growth path and uh, one of the reason the growth was possible was the pandemic so the pandemic had its bad part which was the starting part of the pandemic but uh, i guess uh, when the client started thinking of reimagining the business models and everybody trying to go to the cloud i think mindtree as well as lti both were in very good position to support clients in terms of their transformation journey and that is why the revival of mindtree could be possible in terms of growth and profitability uh, lti was anyway doing well so and that kind of enabled us to think that we should bring these two companies together when both the companies are performing well and that is how the uh, you know the announcement was made in may last year can you delve a little bit more into the toughest challenges you faced i mean the listed companies apart and also the different verticals and all of that apart were what were some of the most difficult entrenched uh, problems how did you solve them well i i think uh, if i say there was no problem then that is not correct uh, every integration comes with its own challenges it's uh, uh, the cultural integration the people integration the process integration everything uh, i must say that uh, before i talk about 
challenges i must say that there was a lot of uh, planning that happened as i said from may to november there was a lot of planning that happened in the background and that too with a small set of people so that the the teams on the ground did not have to get distracted with whatever was going on but having said that uh, it was uh, you know uh, the whole approval process the 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 nclt approvals for example uh, i won't say challenge but it was time consuming so we had to just uh, uh, wait it out and ensure that we don't sleep on the timelines i must also say that uh, you know in the whole process we also uh, also saw a lot of a lot of cooperation and collaboration from all the external entities with whom we dealt with uh, and if if you really ask me to call out the biggest challenge for me uh, in this whole process is uh, we did a lot of planning but planning can be only good if the execution can be also supporting the the execution supports the planning i guess the biggest challenge for me is to was to ensure that we can execute to the plan that we have laid out and i must say that as of now we are doing fairly well and that's why i said my target is 31st of march uh, in terms of the entire integration to be completed which is in a record time for two listed entities getting integrated of similar size but even if it spills over some of the activities spill over to the you know couple of weeks in uh, april i i'm quite happy with that uh, you you're into your fourth year now uh, including the time at mindtree um, can you uh, think a lot about the the biggest differences you saw in the two organizations uh, in terms of how they operated the leadership style of you know top management and broadly i guess you could say the differences in their cultures and and now can you uh, then talk about the kind of culture that LTI Mindtree is evolving into uh, well i i think uh, uh, that's a that's a normal question you should ask when two organizations come together but uh, ironically i think there were more similarities than differences uh-huh. and that is it is by design because if you look at it just to give you an example uh, the heritage lti was very strong in oil and gas uh, heritage mindry never forayed into oil and gas as a vertical heritage mindry was very strong in uh, travel and hospitality uh, which uh, heritage lti never forayed into so basically we it was like from both the company's standpoint we fo- decided to focus on the verticals in which we were strong and just grew those verticals similarly on the capability side as i explained uh, heritage mindtree was more about experience heritage lti was more about uh, supply chain transformation engineering dna so on and so forth now uh, th- that's on the capability side so the capabilities the challenges happen when you have too much of overlaps or too much of strengths on both the sides so from that part we have a very very clear that uh, it was a very easy integration for uh, the two companies to come together talking about culture uh interestingly being part of the same parent i, I think the parent also ensured that uh, the two companies are not really operating in two different uh, aspects and uh, you know in fact i was you know myself involved and i was driving the overall cultural integration that what should be the culture of the two companies coming together and i felt that uh, uh, you know we looked at the overall culture of lnt as a group we looked at the culture what uh, heritage lti had and what heritage mindtree had and interestingly we had a lot of resemblance and similarity rather than worried about worrying about you know two different companies two different cultures coming together so from a cultural standpoint people centricity is very key and people centricity is the core of both the organizations as well as the you know merged entity and when i say people centricity i'm talking about 
an organization which uh, cares about their people an organization which is focused on learning and uh, and uh, obviously as an organization we have to be driven by purpose and uh, we have we have to deliver results for our uh, clients so if you look at the the culture that i want to imbibe as a combined entity is very simple it's four building blocks one is uh, first is uh, you know driven by purpose uh, act with compassion which is a caring company uh, future ready which means the talent has to be trained and there has to be focus on learning so that we are future ready and uh, the last but not the least if you are a purposeful company uh, if you are driven by purpose focused on caring and learning then you are bound to deliver results so deliver impact is the fourth pillar of our culture i do want to get into some of these questions about uh, what do you think about, think in terms of the future of lti mindtree i was just when i asked you about the differences in culture i was also just curious about how when you came in i mean mindtree was uh, had been recently acquired and still before that was you know run by the founders whereas lti was run by professional ceos and so on so when you came in you would have got a sense of what kind of culture mindtree had uh, i'm just curious about your thoughts on what you saw back then well that's history but still uh, since you ask uh, i can say that uh, uh, one of the fundamental principle that i followed when i walked into uh, mindtree on august 2 2019 was to understand mindtree and uh, preserve the best of mindtree rather than saying that uh, you know everything is broken and everything has to be changed uh, my approach was to look at what are the strengths and how do you build on the strengths so that's exactly what we have done and uh, at some point of time interestingly some point of time we did a culture survey we got an external consultant to talk to more than 10000 uh, employees of mindtree and uh, this is well after one year i joined and try to understand what is the culture that we have so yes there was a little bit of uh, difference in terms of uh, like i'll call out one specific example where uh, we were focused on uh, learning but uh, sometimes i felt that is the learning really delivering the impact with the customer so is it kind of related or not and uh, some of these things learning is a very good thing but learning has to be really aligned so that it's a win win for the individual for the company as well as the customer so that alignment is something which i brought in but i think learning the culture was a very good culture that mindtree already had so some of these tweaks we did in fact uh, when this uh, external consultant did the review of uh, the culture of mindtree it came out as four blocks purpose caring learning results so which is very similar where we have ended up even in the merged entity as well uh, so i think uh, you know uh, you know since you talk about this i would also say that uh, there are certain things the erstwhile mindtree did not do for example you know when you do projects for clients there are many situations where you come across first of a kind projects which you cannot deny and uh, when you do a first of a kind projects you have to do your risk management in a certain way you have to take risks adequately but you also need to have a good mitigation plan so some of these things were i felt uh, you know some of the lacunas i felt and we strengthened some of those things uh, like another example is and we have uh, have publicly stated that uh, the erstwhile mindtree was doing all project based opportunities but after the project is over there's a maintenance opportunity which you are leaving on the table 
somebody else is doing that so we actually formed a large deals team and a strategic team very early in my days in mindtree took the best of projects capabilities that we had and we also built a capability to you know do a large deal and do a annuity deal so that is the time in the very first year we announced quite a few annuity deals annuity deals was not something which was well known within the heritage mindtree because the project the mindset was more doing projects so i did not kill projects projects is very important you need to run those programs but you need to also think of how do you make them multi year so that's what i mean to say that it was i looked at all the positives and try to build on the positives and ensure that we can do something more than that so building on that large teams effort which you said you put in place fairly early today would you say you're within uh, striking distance of uh, i don't know half a billion dollar kind of uh, contracts well i know you're looking for a number but uh, i can say that uh, you know we will get there but you know point is we have quite a few 50 100 million dollars contracts that we have signed earlier and i think given the capabilities that we have uh, we can certainly do bigger contracts and uh, you know multi year contracts and we are absolutely confident about it okay so let's get into the point about future of ltm entry or the ltm entry of the future I've come across a couple of reports where you know Mr Nayak aspires for you to be a 5 billion dollar company as early as next year. I'm thinking that probably won't happen unless you make some big ticket acquisitions. Well, I think uh, uh, you know first of all let's just take a step back in terms of what uh, what is the vision of the group. And when Mr Nayak uh, uh, said some of these numbers I think uh, uh, you have to also understand from his perspective the the services companies or services capability of uh, larsen and tubro is basically lti mindtree and lts together so sometimes uh, when you look at these numbers you have to look at it in the correct uh, right context but let me talk about lti mindtree per se and uh, uh, the vision that we have uh, laid out for lti mindtree is uh, you know we want to help our clients businesses to grow uh, faster Uh, to the and take their businesses to the future so when i say future future is all about reimagining your business models which is what we have been doing with our clients so we want to continue to do that and faster is the time to market if you can take your clients or if you can deliver solutions for your clients faster that means you need to have differentiated solutions and we want to differentiate and that's how we can help our uh, businesses grow uh, with the help of our clients and we also know that we have you we have to take our clients businesses to the future faster together and when i say together it is basically not only just we and our clients it is also the partner ecosystem that has evolved the partner ecosystem is very very critical in the current scheme of things and we feel that we are an integral part of the partner ecosystem apart from clients partners are also very excited about the lti mindtree story and if you want to do that then obviously as a company we need to continue our trajectory of uh, growth and uh, i am very clear on my mind that growth without profitability is not uh, appreciated is not uh, desirable so we need to continue our journey of profitable growth and it is our desire that given the size where we are uh, given the scale we where we are and the capabilities that we have we can probably convert that profitable growth into industry leading over a period of time so this is what we aspire to be now if you do the maths uh you know you can come out with whatever numbers but eventually from a longer term vision from a longer term vision i think the uh, the group definitely want to see a and again from the group standpoint it's lti mindtree as well as the lttts so the group definitely wants to see 
uh, a 10 billion dollar enterprise over the next 4 to 5 years and uh, if it involves uh, you know it may involve inorganic as well at the right time with the right opportunity but yes we are very committed to create a large uh, services it services enterprise over a period of time at some point does it make sense to fold in ltts as well into lti mindry well th- that's been very clearly articulated that we have uh, no intention of doing that but you know that's uh, something that you know i may not be in a position to talk much but of all the conversations we had we have very clearly said that uh, it will be always ltti lti mindry and ltts as two entities uh, within the group a lot of companies have rebranded themselves over the years uh, to kind of better position themselves or better project what they're about uh, i'm just curious about your thoughts on the name lti mindry i mean in the longer term would you look for a kind of a global rebranding of a brand new name and so on well anything is possible but at this point of time we should focus on the fact that we have just come together uh, there is a uh, there is a very clear recall among the clients among the partners about both heritage lti and heritage mindry Uh, I think it is uh, sinking in right now, which is LTI Mindry among the partners as well as the clients, and I, I think we will continue with that for uh, at least uh, some distant future. Okay, I, I want to switch to a few questions about your own uh, experience and journey. You have been working for more than thirty-five years, and in your position, I think you could have had the pick of executive roles. You were already running an eight billion dollar operation, if I uh, understand right, uh, at Cognizant. What got you thinking about? coming to lead mindry well i i think uh, you know put it in a very simple way uh, yes i was running a very large uh, uh, pnl in uh, my previous organization but it was still a pnl and uh, what i got an opportunity to do is to look at a complete balance sheet of a company and i think that's uh, that's something which excited me and i must also say that uh, you know i have built scales many times in my life and i've also you know built scales and handed over to somebody else to build it further uh, because i believe that uh, with scale you also build a very good foundation and the building a new business is also very challenging as is you know changing the model and uh, you know uh, giving a shape to our existing business or driving change as we can we can call it so i think there's a lot of excitement in terms of uh, you know other of these uh, scenarios and it is not scale that should be the only consideration at all the time so i i don't think that it's only the scale that can uh, excite an individual it's also the the specific situation the opportunity and i think mindtree was a fantastic opportunity where uh, i felt that uh, you know uh, walking in on 2nd of august i was i must confess i i was not sure what's going to happen but uh, i i think just again since you asked i must tell you i always believe in s curves the you know if you look at the alphabet s the s curve the first s curve in mindtree was for me to stabilize the company i joined at a time when clients were threatening to walk away from mindtree because of the the so called uh, you know hostile transition and just when i thought that first s curve is over i've done the stabilization the next s curve started which was the pandemic so i had another round of stabilization to be done through the pandemic and then of course the third s curve was the best s curve where we continued to grow well with a profitable growth and industry leading as well so i think this was a fantastic opportunity where uh, i had to do significant changes drive the change and get this company uh, to uh, to grow profitably and i think the team uh, you know the team that i have built the leadership team they did a phenomenal job in terms of uh, the uh, 
almost a eight quarters of profitable growth journey is something which was uh, quite commendable mm. a lot of people have credited you uh, with your people skills and and uh, i've read at least one report where you you were described by someone as uh, a talent magnet um, what is your own take on what has helped you succeed over the years especially as you became a more and more senior leader well i i think uh, you know i worked for uh, you know more than two decades in uh, cognizant and prior to that i worked in uh, tcs that's where my it journey started mm-hmm. and uh, of course i have learned at every phase uh, learned as an individual contributor learned as a manager learned as a leader and uh, one thing which i have uh, learned in uh, you know in all throughout and i firmly believe in is that uh when you want to achieve something you cannot be just doing it on your own you have to have a, a leadership team surrounding you and uh, you need to really find the leaders who can do things better than you and uh, that's what i have firmly believe in and even if you look at the leadership team that i have assembled uh, when i uh, took over uh, this job that's exactly what i did and one more thing that i did which is a well kept secret which uh, i don't think people got it is uh, if you look at all the leaders i have hired in uh, heritage mindry and i believe that's the same thing that happened in heritage lti as well with my uh, peer in the, the other company is i have hired people with tier 1 leadership skills that means there's not there's not a single i mean barring a few i can't think of anybody i hired who has not come from a tier 1 experience tier 1 company and the reason i did that was if you want to really scale a company if you want to look at her, if you have an aspiration to go very fast they need to get those people in your leadership team who have seen scale and you have grown scale so the scale aspect something should come naturally with them rather than struggling through that and uh, this is something where i was uh, you know you I probably i should have given this view when you asked me the previous question i felt that one of the lacunas that i had as i said I, when i joined mindtree i looked at what are the strengths and what are the lacunas one lacuna i felt was not having sufficient experience to scale the business because scaling is a different uh, uh, art altogether and i think that really worked very well for me over the last 35 years if you look back can you think of uh, one or two even instances that you know where change happened to you which could have been pivotal or even painful and maybe you can contrast that with a big high what did you learn from them well i think uh, let me give you two instances first of all the experience about uh, joining mindtree and going through the transformation that mindtree has gone through and uh, you know joining a company where uh, you join as a ceo you have no transition with anybody else and on top of that you have lost your entire next level of uh, leadership i think that itself is a uh, you know a situation in which you have to thrive to make the change and do something very different i, I think this was probably the most challenging situation i have come across in my Uh, career where uh, you had to literally build everything from scratch and that to the company was still functional i mean you have to kind of continue the journey of the company but you have to kind of change everything and make sure that the good things are preserved and if you ask me for another scenario which has been very difficult in my uh, life in a different capacities when my previous organization when global financial meltdown happened i was in the right in the middle of it because i used to run financial services for that company and again those were the times i mean just like as i explained in mindtree the second desk curve was when the entire travel vertical disappeared or at least half of it disappeared same way i think uh, those who are familiar with the global financial meltdown 
the 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 entire you know banking and financial services industry came to a grinding halt and uh, dealing with that trying to uh, you know go through that motion was probably another challenging situation in my life but one learning through the uh, what happened in the you know pandemic as well as through the global financial crisis if there is one learning which i learned from my leadership in uh, my previous job and which i have implemented even in mindtree is uh, when there is a crisis uh, stay close to your clients you cannot lose focus on your clients and i think that helps in the long run so just to give you an example when uh, the travel vertical disappeared as i said the business that we are doing in mindtree with our travel clients came down drastically but we did not lose a single client all that business came back later on when the situation improved many of the clients started reimagining their business models with contactless etc where we were playing a role in terms of helping them to reimagine their businesses so that's one learning which uh, which has really helped which is even in a crisis you have to stay focused on your clients can you think back about um, after college uh, you had an engineering degree in mechanical engineering uh, what got you into it services by accident so uh, i'm a mechanical engineer and uh, my first job was uh, with uh, mahindra and mahindra and uh, i i think uh, it was just that through some word of mouth somebody got me excited about it and uh, i just went for an interview without even realizing that i'll get selected and that's how i switched from uh, my automobile plant or automobile company to an it company which was tcs and i think the journey never uh, you know once that journey started i don't think there was anything to look back so but uh, it purely happened by accident and uh, you know i just continued that journey and uh, I, i have no regrets uh, that must have been quite a few years even before tcs went ipo what was it like uh, tcs of that time what do you remember the most well i think uh, you know honestly speaking i don't remember a lot but uh, as i have grown in my career and as i have struggled to uh, build practices uh, i can only say that uh, you know i think uh, what we are doing today in terms of building out processes and all those things i think an organization like tcs probably had all those things even when i used to work there probably i was not wise enough to appreciate that at that point of time but when i reflect back and when i'm going through this processes now or even in my previous organization which was uh, cognizant i think uh, uh, I, i think you have to give them a lot of credit of building something or building the foundation for the future well ahead of time 35 years ago i'm sure uh, an engineering career probably was uh, considered the most sought after other than people wanting to become doctors can you talk about uh, where you were born where did you grow up what did your parents do well i'm from a very uh, you know middle class uh, family and uh, and i did my engineering in uh, calcutta and uh, you know you talked about professions but you know if i had my way i would have become a cricketer but uh, unfortunately in a middle class sentiment you know your parents decide what you will be doing so they decided i should do engineering and that's how it happened and then i don't think they had any role for me to get into it because their job was to just get an engineer Uh, get their son into engineering and i should pass out and after that i think uh, destiny took me to wherever i am today what did you enjoy in cricket well i used to bowl as well as bat i used to play a lot i used to represent my school as well as college but uh, anyway that's that was my passion but i don't think i could continue beyond a certain point of time what kind of bowling fast 
Okay, excellent. Face uh, bowlers at the time. And, okay. Bringing you back to the IT services of today compared with when you started out at TCS, today can you think about what might attract a young person to the IT services sector when there are many other opportunities as well? Well, I, I would only say if somebody is getting into IT sector today, uh, I would say that uh, the, the opportunities to learn new things is probably significant in the IT sector and uh, nothing comes for free. So I don't want anybody to think that it's all easy out here. It's not, uh, you, you need to have a curious mind and you need to remember there is no substitute to hard work. And I guess the, uh, the if I look at many of the people I have come across, I have worked with a lot of uh, uh, smart leaders in this industry. And uh, one thing which, I mean, these traits that I explained to you, you know, they're all curious human beings. They're always willing to learn new things. They're fast learners. And uh, I, I think they're all, they're, they're also willing to experiment and take some risks and learn new things. So one thing which, uh, I feel people should be open if they want to be these industry. They need to, and especially in the current context, they should be willing to unlearn and relearn. Because uh, I, can, I can talk about 30 years back or 20 years back, we used to think of somebody as an expert in one area. And uh, that person would think of just focusing on that through the end of his or her career. But I think the current scenario is that uh, you know, when you talk about all the new technologies, chat, GPT, or a low-code, no-code, you need to have individuals who are smart learners, fast learners, and who are willing to unlearn and relearn new things as they go along. But uh, opportunities to uh, learn new things uh, is probably uh, still the maximum in IT industry. And when you look at the IT industry today, uh, more specifically the Indian IT services companies, what are some of the things that make you feel optimistic about its prospects and what do you worry about the most? Well, uh, optimistic, uh, definitely, and uh, for two reasons. One is, uh, you know, the there are a lot of new technologies which have come and gone. And uh, uh, when a new technology comes, whether it is AI, whether it is automation, whether it is chat GPT as we talk, uh, the the reality is that it has only created more opportunities for uh, you know IT industry. So contrary to the to the belief that you know automation will take jobs away, actually it created more jobs. So that's number one with an optimism about IT industry. And second thing is probably what I answered just uh, some time back is the the excitement and the learning is so great. And given the industry where we are, I think uh, clients typically have two problems to solve. One is on the efficiency side on the other one is on the innovation side which is like re-engineering their or reimagining their business models i think in both these areas you know the the it industry is very well capable to uh, you know help our clients i think uh, if you ask me what worries me is uh, is probably only one thing uh, whatever good things happened during the pandemic there's one thing which you also learned is the number of ransomware attacks that we had and uh, a lot of companies, uh, including uh, Mindtree, Heritage Mindtree, we actually decided to work from home or we were anywhere on laptop. So we could do the work from home very fast. The transition happened ex extremely quick. But having said that, there were significant investments which we did to uh, on the security side to ensure that all our 
devices are all well secured and well protected i'm sure every other company did the same thing and uh, the worry that i have is that as individuals who are working in this industry we also have some responsibilities to the to our companies and to the industry and to the country which is uh, your uh, integrity has to be you need to be very careful about the security the 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 integrity and uh, you cannot do something which is a uh, which can destroy the reputation of the industry so you know you understand where i'm heading that some of the some of the bad behaviors that we saw uh, is not something that uh, is uh, ideal for the companies and the industry so there's a lot of responsibility we have that couple of bad incidents can actually jeopardize our reputation as the key it uh, services uh, player and the and the it services industry in india per se would you also put this whole thing of moonlighting in that category would you rather have your staff avoid that well i mean i have been very vocal about it i don't think uh, uh, i can't even think of my clients supporting dual uh, employment and we as a company we will never support dual employment now if things evolve later on we will see but at this point of time i think it's a zero tolerance for me okay um running this such a large complex organization your time is on a premium how do you ensure that you get your me time and then what do you enjoy during that time by way of hobbies or books and music etc well uh, i mean you, you can only get your me time if you have a an organization which is uh, run by not only me but uh, a very set of, uh, a set of very efficient and smart leaders uh, who can support me and i think we are there you know given the fact that uh, uh, you know both the companies had very strong leadership i think we have a very very strong leadership team which gives me the confidence of growth as we go into the future and whatever uh, me time i get when i'm traveling when i'm on a flight i think i watch some uh, there are no uh, you know no dearth of uh, watching uh, serials or uh, episodes on the otts these days and i'm a music lover i listen to music as well whenever i can so that's how i spend my time and uh, you know if i can do some outdoor things i do my walks and a little bit of exercise you know what kind of music do you like uh, you know mostly mostly english and mostly pop Okay very nice sir really nice conversation thank you so much for making time very generously for me today definitely hope to keep the conversation going thank you thank you so much and thank you for having me that's it for this conversation i hope you found it interesting you can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast app i'm hariyarkli thank you for listening